Welcome to Bell Interrupted. Are you out of your damn mind? You get to drink from the fire hole! This is an embarrassment, a disgrace! What? What's the matter, kid? You got wax in your ears? Don't do it! You got Tavian Parker! <laughs> Hello and welcome to Film Erupted. This is the show where I get to do whatever I want while dealing with the constant antics of Smash. We can review movies, video games, and who knows what else. Episodes can be spooky to oddly informative to downright stupid. I am your host, Phil Allen, and I do welcome you to the show. Hey, people. Today's show is going to be something I'm going to call the first annual movie showcase. I guess that's the name. I just made it up right now. That sounds like that'll stick. So what I did for the entire year of uh, 2019 is I wrote down every single movie that I saw for the first time. This isn't necessarily new movies, just movies that I have viewed for the first time. And a lot of these, as we will get into, are older films. Not a lot of new ones on this list. And this is thanks to things like, you know, Netflix and Amazon or Prime, Amazon Prime TV, whatever you want to call it. Uh, also, the Fire Stick, woohoo, not illegal, and uh, you know any other sources that I found movies on. Some of them even YouTube. So yeah, I wrote down every single one, and I'm gonna kind of just go through them and sort of review ones that I can remember because there's so many here that I actually some of them I don't even remember at all. And I'll talk a little bit about them. So there may be some spoilers in here. Uh, some of the movies I won't spoil, but. Uh, beware if you hear the name of a movie and you don't want anything spoiled on it you may want to just skip ahead a little bit in the show um, I don't want to do that to you I hate it when people ruin things for me that's one of my biggest pet peeves I'm not even like a trailer guy like I don't like watching trailers because I feel like it gives away too much dude I hate it when people ruin things for me so I'm going to try not to do that too much but beware um, obviously some of these movies I'll have to talk about a little bit so It could happen, just want you to be aware. And let's jump right into it. The first movie that I saw of the year was Hereditary. This movie got a lot of hype, I think, for it. Um, Maybe not necessarily so much when it came out, but the reaction to it, it really got a crowd following. I had read a lot of things on social media, and certain friends I know were like, Hereditary, one of the best movies I've ever seen. People were freaking about this movie, so... I went into it, and me and my wife watched it, and I, I want to say I, I almost the hype like didn't live up for me. I know that's like being hard on it, just because I heard so much about it being unreal. But with all that being said, it still was a very good movie, and I still enjoyed it. And Hereditary was definitely a good film. I'd actually like to see it again. I've only seen it the one time, and I have a feeling that Hereditary is the kind of film that you see it two, three times, and it, it grows on you it builds upon itself there's things you may not have noticed that first time around that's always the sign of a really well-made movie that the more times you see it the more you like it because there's just all sorts of interesting aspects that you take in on multiple viewings i think hereditary might be a movie like that so i do want to revisit it i will spoiler alert here talk about one part in the movie which of all these movies i've watched this year this scene may have blown me away the most And again, spoiler, I'm giving you a second spoiler warning here. If you've not seen Hereditary and you don't want to know a major part, skip ahead. There's a scene where there's a little girl 
and she sticks her head out the window and they're driving and her head gets blasted off. She gets beheaded. I think she hits like a street sign or something. I forget exactly. Anyway, that scene blew me and my wife away when we were watching it. And we like turned to each other with our jaws dropped like, holy smokes, like this movie just went there. Like, wow. I believe I remember really enjoying the first two thirds of the film and the last third of Hereditary. I remember being quite confused uh, because like it really picks up and you find out, you know, like starts getting the devils involved and this like cult and all these people from what I remember. And I was like, what is going on here? Anyway, I thought it was an interesting film. Nonetheless, again, I need to revisit that one. Next one that we watched was Bandersnatch. This is the film that was on Netflix, and it was sort of the first of its kind where it allows you to pick options. So you'd be watching the movie, and you'd come to a certain point, and it would stop, and it would say, you know, basically A, B, pick one of these. You either want to do this, or you want to do that. You want your character or person in the movie to... Uh, react a certain way, make a certain decision, and then the movie will alter itself and follow that direction that you choose. And there's multiple different choices. So in some ways, it's kind of similar to maybe playing like a video game, uh, which is one of actually sort of like the plot of the uh, movie is kind of like a video game sort of story. And uh, it was good and it was bad at the same time. I didn't think that the story itself was all that interesting. The actual plot of the story uh i did kind of like the option of being able to pick stuff that made me think like i was playing mass effect or red dead kind of thing so i did like that aspect i think someone else could make a different movie with those options and make it probably better like this is kind of the first of its kind i think someone could maybe capitalize on it and take it to an to the next level so to speak so i think it's an interesting idea i think someone else should try to explore it bird box This movie got a lot of hype, again, the beginning of the year, um, and released on Netflix as opposed to being in the theaters, which is an interesting decision. And I have to say, I loved this movie. When you see movies, um, one of the things that I really judge a film on is how it makes me feel while I'm watching it. And a lot of movies, you're just sort of there, sitting, watching, taking it in, but you don't necessarily feel you can get emotional things like that. How am I? I'm drawing this out here. Basically, what I want to say is, Bird Box made me feel such a sense of dread and anxiety throughout almost that entire film. And I guess it's because you know they're blindfolded, and if you take off the blindfold and you see like this monster or whatever it is, you will die. And I felt that sense of dread. During the film, they did a great job of making me feel that way. And my anxiety was through the roof. Oh, that scene when they're on the river. And, oh, yeah, I was definitely feeling feeling some kind of way that was definitely uneasy. Very well done film. One of my favorite movies of the year right now. I'll say it. Uh, I've watched it two or three times and... It's good every time. I think Trent Reznor did a lot of the soundtrack from Nine Snails. Really well done soundtrack. Very effective. Definitely one of my top films of the year. I guess I'll try to figure out which ones were my favorite here at the end. But right off the bat, Bird Box came in with a very, very strong heavy hitter for me for the season, for the year. And uh, the next one was The Town That Dreaded Sundown. This is the movie. Uh, it's 
sort of like a true life uh, story kind of thing. There was this guy that was killing people in this Texas town that wore like this bag over his head. And this was one of the many movies, actually. I think there's quite a few of them that have been made sort of about this guy, this character, this town. I really don't remember a whole lot about it. I don't think it was very good. Good. It was not good. All right. The next movie was Frozen. And it's not the one you're thinking of. It is not Disney Frozen, Let It Go, which I've watched many times because of my my three-year-old daughter. Uh, It's not that one. This is Frozen from 2010. This is about the, I think they're skiers, or maybe snowboarders, or maybe both. I forget. Not important. People who are going on a a nice little uh, skiing trip on the mountain there, and they get stuck. They go after hours. And for some reason, the guy turns off the um, lift that they are on and they get caught, you know, whatever that is, 20, 30 feet. I don't don't know how high it is above the ground on the lift. And they're basically like freezing to death. And it's how they try to figure out how to get out of the situation. Uh, Spoiler here, a guy ends up jumping, breaks his legs and some like wolves or something eat him. And then they start trying to figure out other ways to get off this lift uh, so they don't freeze to death. Actually kind of an entertaining movie. It's fairly low budget, some bad acting and whatnot. But it's still pretty entertaining for what it was, I suppose. Yeah, Frozen, 2010. Hmm. The Autopsy of Jane Doe. This is also, I'm going to say, probably one of my favorites of the year that I've seen. Uh, I believe this is also Netflix, uh, where I saw it at least. I think it came out maybe a couple years ago or has been was made a couple years ago and hadn't been released until recently, if I'm remembering correctly. This movie, I don't want to give away too much if you have not seen it, because I, th- it's one of those kind of movies similar to Hereditary that there's some twists and turns, and if I go through them and I spoil them, eh, you're really not going to enjoy the experience, because it's what makes it so memorable is the twists and turns and the holy smokes moments, you know. And so I don't want to talk too much about it, but it's basically this uh, these two guys, I can't believe I remember if it's a father and son, that are performing an autopsy on a, a Jane Doe. They don't know who she is, and they're trying to figure out what happened to her and all that good stuff. And some really strange, creepy, sort of paranormal type things start happening. This is not a normal autopsy. And I really enjoyed this one. It was a pleasant surprise for me. I went into it not expecting anything. We just sort of saw it, you know, on the list. And we said, "Mm, that sounds interesting, and put it on. Generally, those movies end up being, "Eh, whatever. In this movie, I was like, wow, that was really awesome. Really enjoyed myself. So The Autopsy of Jane Doe is also one of my favorite movies of the year. The next one coming in on the list is Mara. And I'm going to have to look up Mara because I have no recollection of what Mara is. So here is the little synopsis. A criminal psychologist investigates the mysterious strangling death of a man in his bed. She soon meets members of a community who tell her about a centuries-old demon that kills people in their sleep. I can tell you right now, again, this movie's called Mara. I remember absolutely nothing about this movie. Maybe if I watch the trailer, it might bring back some memories. But I think I thought this movie sucked, so I'm not even going to waste my time looking that up. If I remember correctly, Mara sucked. Summer of 84. This movie is very Stranger Things-esque. It takes place, obviously, in the 80s. And it is sort of like a 
crime thriller drama. These group of kids who are riding around on their bikes and using radios just like Stranger Things. And they think it might be the cop in the town. And basically the whole movie is them trying to figure out, excuse me, whether it is or not. And by my tone of my voice, you may think I don't like it, but I actually did. I thought it was a fun movie. Again, I thought it was kind of a little rip-off-ish of Stranger Things in some ways. But, you know, I don't know whether it was or not. Maybe it was just another movie that takes place in the 80s, and that's kind of a popular thing right now, is to make 80s-type TV shows and movies. So maybe this was just happened to seem like some of the other ones have come out before it. But nonetheless, I thought it was a pretty entertaining movie. It had some funny things and uh, had a nice, cool reveal in the end. Again, I'm going to try not to spoil that. Had a fun reveal in the end. So I give it a pretty good review overall, I think. Now, here we start to get into uh, the Stephen King films. Without a doubt, this year I watched a ton of Stephen King adaptations, be it the movies, uh, the... um, miniseries, uh, anything like that, Stephen King. And the reason why there's going to be so many Stephen King ones on here is purely because I did the Stephen King Universe uh, podcast with Terrell and Matt. And we covered all these films more in depth. So if you're really interested in hearing every little thing that we think about these Stephen King films that I'm going to start going through, uh, check out that podcast with those guys. It's a, it's like almost a three-hour show. It's like a marathon because there's so much Stephen King material. So I'll go through them, and you'll hear them mixed in on this list, uh, scattered about, again, because we had to go through and watch them. So a lot of Stephen King films we're going to be hitting here and a lot of 80s slashers. And the reason I think that my wife and I sort of got on this slasher kick was because uh, Amazon Prime TV, whatever you call it, had a lot of them on there, right? And we all know you got your your Friday the 13th and your, you know, the Freddy movies, Nightmare on Elm Street. We're all familiar with those. But I wasn't really familiar with a lot of the other ones. I was like, why is it called the slasher, you know? The slasher decade and so I started we found there were a ton of them on Amazon and we started to just sort of go down the list like it was like recommend this for you because you watch this okay and they had these ridiculous titles and we just sort of went down the list and just started watching a whole bunch of them I would say there were very few that we put on where like this just stinks and we turned it off Uh, we really wanted to try to stay open minded and watch them as bad as they were and some of them were pretty bad we, we tried to stick with just the 80s slashers. If they were in the 70s, there were a few that we would watch, but we tried to really stick to 80s slashers. And God, we never got through all of them because there were so many. But anyway, we'll get to those. Let me back up to the Stephen King, which we started talking about. We watched Cujo, and you may say to yourself, what, huh? This is an old movie. I've never seen Cujo, all right? And again, all these on this list are movies that I've seen for the first time. So I had never seen Cujo. Cujo, you know, I'll be honest with you, I thought it was kind of a letdown. I expected a lot more. Uh, it's just sort of a, like a diseased, crazed dog. Eh, I don't know. Whatever. I wanted those people in the car to die so bad, and the mother and her son is like, kill him, Kuja, kill him! And that's generally, the movie is probably failing if I am desperately wanting the main characters to get murdered by the sort of villain in the movie. So I think that one kind of bombed to me. 
The next one I saw was Thinner. Oh, Thinner is a great freaking movie. It's a barrel of laughs. I'm not sure it's supposed to be as funny as it is, but it is an absolute barrel of laughs. It's a good time from start to finish. I'm being erased, as Terrell Brown would say. Uh, Thinner is awesome. Love Thinner. Now we get to Silver Bullet, which is the ridiculous werewolf movie by Stephen King, the adaptation. The the best thing from this movie is it's got it's got Busey in it, some Gary Busey, and it's also got a wheelchair that goes like rocket speed. It's like gas powered diesel super speed, and it is freaking awesome. This thing goes flying down roads. It's like passing people on the road. This kid is speedster with this wheelchair, and those are my favorite memories of that one. It's again, it's one of those like junk movies that you would like throw on like a Saturday afternoon or something, and it's entertaining for what it is. It's nothing to write home about, and it, it's a fun, it's a fun ride, so to speak. Like a wheelchair is always a fun ride. I love wheelchairs. Can't wait to be in one. The next one was Graveyard Shift, and yeah, you're noticing a lot of Stephen King here. I had to prep myself for the Stephen King podcast we did. I had to watch all these. Graveyard Shift is a very forgettable movie. I forget a lot of it. It was a very dirty looking movie. They were like working in some like nasty underground area. It was like disgusting basement workshop area from what I remember. It's a pretty stupid movie. I can't remember if the villain is like a bat or some sort of weird creature. I don't remember exactly what it was. Forgettable. I don't even remember the end. I don't remember what happens. Then we watched The Dead Zone. The Dead Zone was stars uh, Christopher Walken. And it, it's, again, another Stephen King. But it's kind of, like, ahead of its time, in a way. It had a lot of interesting things in it. Where, like, Stephen Walken... Stephen, yeah, Christopher Walken's character could, like, see the future. And he would alter it. And he would decide, you know, like, wh- who needed to be saved. And interesting kind of idea... I guess, and I, I, I think it was a fairly good movie at the time. I remember not being all that impressed. But now I think it was actually pretty good, now that I look back on it. Had some time to sink in and think about it. Uh, that has um, uh, Charlie Sheen's dad is in it. God, I cannot remember these people's names all of a sudden. I hate it when I do a podcast. Sometimes, as I'm recording, it's like I lose part of my brain. Like I get kind of like scattered. And I get, like, stupid, because if you asked me who this, that actor's name is, any other time, I'd immediately be able to tell you. But, like, right now, I'm like, oh, oh it's Charlie Sheen's dad. His name is Martin Sheen, Phil. Damn it! Then we sort of fell upon this series of movies called Stepfather. And they're about this crazed man, who's a stepfather, obviously, starts dating... Uh, this woman and then he sort of like tries to take over the family and he really he acts like he's like this super wholesome Mr. Perfect kind of guy and he he is but he has this like ridiculous anger streak that's sort of like hidden beneath his like calm cool facade and he loses his shit man he goes totally nuts he starts killing people so he can keep his secrets and goes ballistic and people start figuring him out he's got to kill them all off and that stars one of my favorite people from the Lost series. It's, it's John Locke from Lost. It's the actor Terry O'Quinn. I love in Lost when he goes, Don't tell me what I can't do! Hey, hey, don't you walk away from me! You don't know who you're dealing with! Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! This is destiny. 
This is destiny. This is, this is my destiny. This is, I'm supposed to do this, damn it! Don't tell me what I can't do! I thought he was pretty good in this movie. He does a really good job of coming across as like a super psycho controlling kind of dad. And it spawned a bunch of sequels. There's, you know, obviously Stepfather 1, Stepfather 2, which he comes back for. He's not in Stepfather 3, but I still thought Stepfather 3 was very good. It was definitely gets a little more ridiculous, uh, but it's still a hoot and a holler. And those movies are entertaining for what they are. They're kind of almost like Lifetime movies before Lifetime. Then I watched a movie called Planet 51, and I believe this was a kid's movie. I think it's animated. And I, I remember watching it with all the kids one day. I don't remember nothing about it. I watched A Clockwork Orange. I had never seen this. You may say to yourself, Phil, how could you not have seen this? This is a Stanley Kubrick classic. I don't know. I haven't seen all the Stanley Kubrick films, and this one sort of fell through the cracks. And I'll tell you what, it's a weird fucking movie. I think everyone agrees with that statement. Some people think it's a masterpiece. There were some times during that movie I was kind of bored. I was kind of looking at the clock, like, it's still going on. Then there were other moments in the film where I'm like... I'm intrigued because I'm so confused by what I'm seeing, and it's so batshit crazy. Overall, I don't think I ever want to see Clockwork Orange again, so I didn't really like it all that much. Uh, It's just, you know, very strange. Um, And again, I came to it so late. Maybe it's a little dated. Um, I don't know. A Clockwork Orange, I can see some qualities in it and some merits that people love, uh, but overall, wasn't really my cup of tea, and really wouldn't want to sit through it again. Then saw Despicable Me 3. I don't think I've seen any of the other Despicable Me's. Maybe the first one? Uh, I was good. I remember being pretty intrigued by it. I had some, some laughs. I can't remember if this is the one with his daughter. If I don't even remember the name main character's name. Uh, hopefully you guys know anything about this Despicable Me 3. The next movie on the list that we watched for the first time was The Unborn, which is a movie from 1991. I think there's a couple movies with that title, so I want to specify this is the 1991 version. I love the slogan, like the tagline, having a baby can be a scream, The Unborn. This movie is absurd. There's some sort of like a, I don't know, mutated like devil baby creation inside this woman. She gets in vitro. And it's the same actress from, God, I'm brain farting what she's in. She sucks. I think she's a crappy actress. Hold on, let me figure it out. Oh, wait a minute. I I know what she's in. Her name's Sarah Bracknell. She's in The Dead Zone. We just talked about The Dead Zone with Christopher Walken. She's like his girlfriend, whatever character in that movie. Yeah, I don't know. I think she sucks. I don't think she's a very good actress. I don't think she did very good in The Unborn. And what? Yeah, she's having like a devil baby. She's like, "This baby's not mine. It's not part of me." And she's freaking out. Everyone's like, "Oh my god!" She's got like, like postpartum depression about this baby already. Like prepartum depression. I don't know. It's kind of a forgettable movie. I had to look up the the trailer here. I had to pause and look up the trailer to even remember what it was. So yeah, we'll skip over that one. Next was another Stephen King's adaptation. Sometimes they come back. Also from 1991. This movie sucks. I think this was a TV miniseries and it's spawned. There's like two or three more. Sometimes they come back movies. It's greasers, man. Stupid greasers. Like greaser ghosts. There's nothing stupider than a greaser ghost. Like, they're already dumb to begin with. 
Oh, how do you say, buddy? Hate greasers. Although that was kind of a 1920s mobster, but nevertheless, they're stupid. Didn't like that movie at all. Then I watched The Mist, and I loved The Mist. The Mist was fantastic. Probably should have been called The Fog, you know, because it was more fog than mist. But the title had already been taken, you know, been used before, I think, by John Carpenter, which I haven't seen that movie either, and I should because I love John Carpenter. I'll have to put that on the to-do list for this year. Anyway, The Mist. I love this movie. I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's a lot of fun. It's the my Some of my favorite movies in this world are you're trapped somewhere, and you've got a problem, you've got to figure it out, and you've got a whole host of different characters with different ideas. You're stuck. you got a dilemma. How do we get out of this? So they're stuck in this like supermarket, basically in the town. How do we get out of here? If you go out into the fog, the mist, you die, and... All sorts of craziness ensues. Spoiler alert here. If you've not seen The Mist, fast forward right now because I'm going to talk about it. All right, you've been warned. It ends up being sort of like Alien, like some government thing gone wrong, and there's these monsters outside, and they got big tentacles, and I think there's a few different kinds. I'm not sure you don't see them very much. There's some flying buggy ones. I love this movie. I really did. I had a fantastic time watching it. I was thoroughly engaged, totally into it. It has some scary, spooky parts. It's also got a lot of ridiculous uh, characters. There's this religious zealot woman, and you just want to smack her across the face. She somehow builds like a cult inside the the grocery store. I don't know how that happens, but she does, and people start following her. It gets out of control. Someone blasts her in the face. It's awesome. And the ending to The Mist is downright shocking. The ending, Stephen King... He said that the movie ending is better than his book ending. So that tells you something because generally writers are going to protect their own work, you know, above the movie adaptation anytime. He goes, holy smokes, it was better. Again, spoiler here. The ending, they feel like they have, they run out of gas. They get into a car and they're driving. They can't figure out they're going in the fog, the mist. And the main character has a gun and he's like, look, we're all going to die because we have to get out of this car. And these horrible monsters are going to kill us super painfully. So I'm just going to end it, all of our misery right now. I'm going to kill all of us, commit suicide, so nobody has to deal with this terrible ending. And he has his kid in the car. He shoots these other people. He shoots his kid. I mean, I guess he's trying to spare his kid this awful death, but, oh, God, that is gut-wrenching stuff. He kills him, the kid, the other people in the car, and he's about ready to kill himself, I believe, and then all of a sudden the military comes out of the the mist and they're like clearing out the problem and he gets out and he's just awful awfulness if just waited another minute everybody would have been saved gut-wrenching stuff that's another movie the mist and uh hereditary made my jaw drop with the shocker moments that was ridiculous then we had the movie dolls I never heard of dolls. I know what this was, but it's going to be some killer dolls, some good stuff. Basically, there's this family, father, mother, and their son. And they have, like, some car troubles on the road. And they see this, like, creepy-looking old castle mansion type thing. And they go in there to get shelter. Classic story, right? And these creepy people take them in. They're taking care of them. You can stay here as long as you like. And... All sorts of ridiculous stuff happens. There's some other people who get stuck on the road. And they come in. 
and they also there's this goofy goofy guy like a little chubby and he's absurd and he becomes like the little girl's like best friend in the house and he's like a hero it's, it's hilarious he's a funny dude he's like they're killer dolls at one point anyway the only other thing i want to say about that is the mother of this girl oh she looks like a like a, some sort of a tranny or son she's super ugly looking and she is super mean and selfish the entire time is the most one-sided character i've ever seen before and she ends up getting it those dolls take her down so yeah dolls is actually a, a recommend for me i recommend it next was sleepwalkers oh hard recommend are you kidding me I should have been doing this for all of them. Recommend or pass. Definitely recommend for Sleepwalkers. I mean, this is another classic Stephen King. This is freaking like Egyptian cat people who are mysteriously look just like anybody else. And they, oh, it's fantastic stuff. I don't even, I don't, it's just craziness. This movie is pure craziness from start to finish. I, I don't even need to get into it. You just need to watch yourself some Sleepwalkers if you haven't. I'm telling you right now, you will have a good time watching Sleepwalkers. Hard recommend. Next one is Slumber Party Massacre. I don't know. This could be mixed in with any of the other 80s slashers. I don't remember anything unique about this film at all. Uh, so I don't. I can't even recommend or pass on. I don't even remember it, to be honest with you. But the next one we saw was Chopping Mall. Mm, oh, yeah. Now we're talking... Chopping Mall, definite recommend. This is the classic story. Oh, so classic <laughs> of these people. These kids who are going to the mall, <clears throat> I get stuck there overnight. And there's these like two robots, two or three robots, I forget, that have been programmed to be the new security guards for the mall. And they are killing machines and they are fantastic. They just blow these kids away, fuck them up with these like laser shots. It is fantastic stuff. I had such a fun time watching Chopping Mall. I watched like a behind the scenes about it. I may have saw it on YouTube. And the directors had a blast. They were like, look, we went for it. We knew what we were making and we tried to have as much fun with this as possible. And it definitely shows this movie has a cult following now. If you say the name Chopping Mall and people know it, they'd be like, oh, awesome. It's just a it's just a fun ride. It's a good time. So definite recommend for Chopping Mall. Next one was Anne Rule, Stranger Beside Me. This, I believe, was a TV movie, and it's about Anne Rule, who is a very, very famous crime author, true crime author. Uh, she's since passed away. Read a bunch of her books. This movie is about how she was friends with Ted Bundy, which is bizarre. You know, someone who writes about this kind of stuff was sitting right next to one. She worked on like a hotline, like a suicide, I believe, hotline. Uh, some, You know, like a hotline where you call when you need help. One of those kind of things. And she worked right next to Ted Bundy. And it's kind of her story and Ted Bundy's story about how, you know, if you know anything about Ted Bundy, how he kills girls and things like that. And then he really starts to lose his shit after a while. Becomes a very disorganized killer. And how it's revealed that Anne Rule finds out about him and she kind of looks back at all her different times with him and how, oh my God, you know, maybe there were some signs there and how could she have been next to this killer and not know. An interesting movie for what it was. Again, I said I think it was a TV, made for TV movie, but it was still pretty good. 
Next one we saw was Madman. Fuck is Madman. Oh yes, the Madman. This is another one of the 1980s slasher movies. It's about the tale of a local serial killer named Madman Mars. Oh dude, this guy is huge. And he's more like, he looks more like a Yeti than anything. He's just this big, giant oaf guy with a huge beard and like giant, like deformed fingers. I'm telling you, he looks like the Yeti. It's a classic, you know, they're camping and they're telling the story about this killer. The kids don't believe it. They're partying. They're having sex. They're doing all these sinning kind of things. And of course, the madman comes back and he hacks them all to pieces. Uh, I would recommend this movie. I had fun watching it. I don't know if any, anything more to say about it. It's a pretty standard copycat movie. Next one is a TV movie called Death in Small Doses. Says one of the actors from the original It series that was also a miniseries. So many series, series, everything series, series, series. Said that word a lot right there. Death in Small Doses about this guy who uh, is poisoning his wife with uh, arsenic. And immediately the family believes that it's him and it's this whole big hoopla into finding out if he did it. My wife and I kind of have this fascination with a thing called Munchausen or Munchausen by proxy. And what it is is basically a person who likes to get sympathy from being sick, but it's different from like a hypochondriac because it goes even farther where a hypochondriac's like, oh, I'm sick, I'm always sick. A person with Munchausen will literally like fuck themselves up or fuck somebody else up in order to get the sympathy from it. Um, I mean, obviously they can fake a lot of stuff as well. But oftentimes they will make like a child sick or they'll make a loved one sick, such as a spouse. And it's pretty awful. Make your kids sick all the time. You're always like poisoning them or doing something to them so that you can get attention and people feel bad for you and they'll give you money. They'll give you attention. And some people seek this out in a really messed up way. They create the bad situation so that they themselves can get sympathy and support. It's called Munchausen. And I've watched a lot of documentaries about it, read about it. And there's some movies about it too. So this was one um, similar. I actually think this one, now that I think about it, he just sort of murders his wife. Uh, but there is other ones that we watched about Munchausen. Nevertheless, very interesting topic. Go look it up. Next one is Blood Rage. I love Blood Rage. This was one of my favorite slasher movies I had never heard of before. It's a 1980s one. Fantastic. It's about these twin brothers one gets put away into jail mental asylum for killing but it was actually the other twin that did it oh, twist and then the whole movie is the one gets out of the mental institute the safe one the good one the good brother and the killing brother goes on a spree it i don't know why exactly this movie really stuck out to me and all the eight or, in all the 80s slashers that we watched but I really enjoyed it, so I give a definite recommend to Blood Rage. Blood Salvage. Next one is Blood Salvage. There's a lot of bad 80s movies here. Blood Salvage. Oh, yes, this was a very stupid movie. Listen to the synopsis. The twisted tale about a crazy preaching redneck named Jake who kidnaps people off the highway and performs sick medical experiments on them. He then proceeds to sell their organs on the black market to Mr. Stone. Everything is fine until he kidnaps a handicapped girl, April, and finds out she is harder to control than others. Made in 1990. Awful, stupid, hilarious movie. 
I don't know if I recommend it. <laughs> it. It was fun to watch, it, but it is a bad movie. It is so low budget. Next one we watched was Final Exam. Uh, this is your classic stupid idiot college students who are stalked on campus by a stalker, strangler dude. Uh, pretty forgettable. I don't really remember anything about this one. Let's move on to our next one was Killer Workout. Oh, man. I mean, I keep saying it. This is a stupid movie. This is uh, just what it sounds like. Killer Workout. It's a bunch of people who work in this like aerobic place and someone starts killing them. So what? Who cares? Whatever. The only thing I remember about this is the movie is totally exploiting the fact that these women are wearing aerobic suits and they're wearing those like ridiculous 80s aerobic suits where it's almost like they're wearing like it looks like underwear on top of their like spandex clothes absurd look and they must show these women who are doing their aerobics and they're bouncing their butts and they're spreading their legs and it's a bit gratuitous and they show it an unnecessary amount of times like okay we know that this is like a gym where people are working out we get that and they show the scenes of the women and stuff working out in the beginning. And then they keep showing the classes again. Like, why do we keep showing this over and over? My wife and I kept looking at each other. We're like, oh, my God, we're going through another workout scene. Like, <laughs> this is absurd. The next one was The Mutilator. That is, again, another 80s slasher. I don't remember much about it. Um, I don't remember hating it, but whatever. I do remember hating this next one. The next one is Slender Man. Slender Man is such a cool concept. It's a fairly new villain uh, in the world of horror. Invented very recently. I forget exactly when. Um, not long ago at all, though. During the social media era. Because it was like a social media like contest to build a new horror villain. And this guy came up with this idea of Slender Man. He's like a tall, thin, faceless character who wears a suit and can have like multiple arms when he's like attacks. He can like appendages come out and you can be his proxy. And there were some girls in Wisconsin who stabbed their friend thinking that Slender Man was real. It's a whole big thing. Check it out. It's fascinating. Nevertheless, this was finally the long awaited Slender Man movie that came out on the big screen. Take Slender Man to a whole new level here. Oh, they tanked. They bombed miserably. Of all the movies that are on this list, and there's a lot of piss-poor movies, some, some a couple real bad Stephen King movies, a couple real bad 1980s slasher movies, Slender Man Takes the Cake, I think, is my most hated movie I watched this year. I hated this movie in capital letters. First off, about this movie... You can't see anything. The movie is the darkest, most blackest movie I've ever seen in my life. And if it was done well, I'm okay with it being dark. Dark movies are, are perfectly fine with me. But when they're so dark that you actually can't see anything, that's a problem. Because you're just hiding terrible acting, terrible script, terrible everything. I couldn't see anything. We were. Oh, I was watching... The kids were staring at the screen. I'm like, do you see what's going on? He's like, they're like, no, we have no idea. I'm like, the hell? Like, you could have a dark movie, but we have to at least be able to see something. This was just so poor. It was an awful storyline. It did not follow the Slender Man, like, 
rules of how he is. It just sucked so hard. It was beyond a disappointment. This movie stinks. Stay away at all costs. It's not even like a so bad it's good. The Curse of Robert. This is a low-budget movie that somebody made about. Basically, it's about Chucky. Robert the doll is this little goofy-looking little like sailor-type doll that was made a long time ago that people say moves. It's sort of like the early inspiration for Chucky from Child's Play, although they're definitely different. This movie was very forgettable, total low budget. It had a really cool-looking cover, like cover art. I was like, oh, this could be neat. No, it was a trick. They put all their money in that cover art to look good. This movie blows, hard pass. Next one I saw, we saw the, the Maximum Overdrive, which is a Stephen King classic because it's absurd. These giant trucks, semi-trucks, the Mack trucks, whatever you want to call them, 18-wheelers, they come to life and they basically make all people hostages and try to kill them and run them over because they want them to feed them more gas. And, oh, it has a host of great characters in it, some good actors, but this movie is a train wreck. It's an absolute disaster, but it's fun. This is when Stephen King, this is Stephen King's only movie I believe he's ever directed, or at least it was his debut, I forget. And he stinks. He was all coked out and drunk as hell when he made this. This movie's a debacle. It's an absolute mess. Things don't make sense in it. There's plot holes. It's it's just absurd. But you know what? It's a lot of fun. So I would say you got to see Maximum Overdrive. There is a ton of ACDC music in it. If you want to go even more in-depth, again, listen to the Stephen King Universe podcast that I did with Terrell and Matt. We go more in-depth about Maximum Overdrive and some of the other ones. Next to watch was Misery. I liked Misery a lot. I'd never seen it up until this point. It's a really good movie. This is not just like, oh, a Stephen King absurd movie like Silver Bullet or Maximum Overdrive. It's actually a pretty decent film. Like, it's 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 legit. It can stand up on its own legs. It's a good movie. I really liked Misery. I was really impressed by the actor's performances. Kathy Bates is fantastic in it. So is the other dude. I forget his name, but he was really good. Awesome movie. Definite recommend. The next one we watched was Funland. This is... An awesome movie. I give this a definite recommend. It is about this amusement park. <clears throat> it is the most ridiculous group of characters in this movie you're ever going to see in your life. It is over-the-top fun. It knows it is a totally ridiculous movie. It's very self-aware. I mean, there's like nuns that are going to this amusement park, and they're passing Ku Klux Klan members who are dressed in their full white cap, like outfit gown. And they're walking past each other. Like everybody loves this park. It's so silly. And there's this ridiculous clown and, uh, some stuff happens to him and he's pissed and he needs to seek out revenge and he's killing everybody, but it is all really comedic and it's very funny and it's a good ride and it is low budget, but it is so much fun. Funland definitely is fun in my book. It's a recommend, then I saw Case 39. I believe this has Renee Zellweger, whatever her name is, in it. Um, totally forgetful. Not interesting. Was pretty much bored throughout this entire movie. Uh, it's a pass. Needful things. Again, I don't want to spend too much time on the Stephen King movies here because they are covered in depth on the other Stephen King episode. But Needful Things is a definite recommend for me. Firestarter with Drew Barrymore, definite recommend. Next one is Island of the Dead. 
the fuck is Island of the Dead? Man, Island of the Dead must suck because I just paused the show. You didn't know, but I had to watch a trailer because I didn't remember anything about it. This maybe was made in 2000, and I remember nothing about this. Yeah, I even watched the trailer and was like, I barely remember any of this. It's amazing that this movie was made in 2000 because it looks like it was made in 1982. Like, it looks terrible. Totally forgetful movie. Not important. Pass. Move on to Microwave Massacre. Forget the exact year when this came out, but this movie is fantastic. This movie is awesome. It is this absurd tale of this man who has this wife. You know, he works a construction job. He just wants to come home and have a sandwich. Let's have a nice sandwich, you know? Don't we all? And this, his wife wants to prepare these amazing meals. And she's super annoying and naggy. And he just can't take it anymore. And he kills her. Right? <laughs> Great story. No, um, it's absurd. And he ends up starting to cannibalize her. Right? He starts eating her. And the whole thing is microwave. He puts her in the microwave. I don't know. There's very little microwave in this movie. The microwave massacre is just kind of an absurd title. And so he starts eating her. He's like eating her arm in like a sandwich. And he takes it to work, and his construction buddies are like, hey, what you eating there, man? What you eating? Like, the, all the characters are these are overacting to the most extreme levels you've ever seen people overact in a movie. Like, it's almost as if the director was like, look, as bad as you can act, do it. And that's what they did. And they start eating the sandwich, too, and they love it. And this guy's getting, he loves it. Everyone, he's got friends. Everyone loves eating his wife's dead body. It is a lot of fun. The guy who, the main actor in the movie, I forget his actual name, but he is the voice of Frosty the Snowman from all the classic cartoons that we all know and love from growing up. And I were watching this movie, and I remember my wife and I are like, that voice sounds familiar but we couldn't put our finger on it until after the movie is over and i did you know like a google search and was reading about microwave massacre and i'm like holy shit it's the guy it's the voice of frosty it was frosty talking to us that whole time and it, it i that's like a long-standing joke that i bring up with my wife all the time I'm like hey what hey honey do you remember uh, microwave massacre i'm like that was the that's the voice of frosty she's like stop it stop bringing that up Anyway, Microwave Massacre definitely gets a recommend for me. That's a hard recommend. That is a lot of fun. You will you will laugh yourself silly watching that. Love You to Death is another like lifetime-ish type movie. Uh whatever. Bad Ben, The Way In. I don't think I've talked about Bad Ben on this show. Bad Ben is a series of movies made by a guy named Nigel Bach who lives in Egg Harbor, New Jersey. So he is like a local movie maker. And how I found his films, the Bad Ben series, was on Amazon Prime TV. And he has all those on there. All his movies are on there. And I think there's like seven or eight of them at this point, And they're all hilarious. Especially the first one. The first one is just truly classic because it, it sets the stage of basically how all the other movies are going to follow suit. It is hilarious. The main character's name is... Tom Riley, and again, it's played by Nigel Bach. Super funny. I actually tried to get Nigel to be on the show once, and uh, I just haven't got back in touch with him. We were communicating for a little while, and I've also sent money for his GoFundMe page to help him make his movies. Um, I'm, I follow him on Instagram and stuff, and 
I have sent him some texts. Like I said, we were trying to meet up and record one day for the show. Never got around to it. Uh, I, you know, I bet if I reached out to him, he would do it because I live about an hour and 15 minutes away from him. I know exactly where his house is because he constantly talks about his house being on Stillmanville Road. So I know exactly where he lives. Uh, maybe someday I'll get Nigel Bach on the show. But anyway, I watched his one of his newer movies called Bad Ben The Way In. Super fun ride. Super fun time. Uh, I don't want to give anything away in those movies. Just go watch them. Bad Ben, The Way In, good stuff. Next one was Macab- Macabre, Macabre, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I believe this might have been a foreign-made movie. Maybe not. I don't remember. And it's about this woman who has her like lover basically get killed. And she's like a psychopath. Like So you dislike this character because she's a cheater. And then... Oh, she's just really scummy. I forget a lot of the stuff she does in the movie, to be honest. She's pretty forgettable. But she's a really dislikable character. And then you find out in the end that she, like, makes love to these guys and that she's, like, getting off because the head of her lover is in her apartment. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I may have fallen asleep a few times during that movie. It sucks, though. Don't waste your time. Next one is Ouija. You know, like a Ouija board, uh, super stereotypical cliche movie, pass. Uh, then we got He Is Out There, which is actually a new movie. Wow, Phil watching a new movie, 2018. Uh, kind of standard stalker movie. You know, this woman and her two kids go to this house, and their husband hasn't arrived yet. He's driving separately. He's had to do something for work or whatever. He's coming late. And there is a like mysterious old creeper stalker dude who's at the house who's killing, you know, anybody that comes there and he's torturing the family and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of a dime a dozen movie. I think there's a lot of them like that. So whatever. I can't give it a pass or recommend. I I don't even really remember much of it. The next one is The Last Breath. And this really shouldn't be on this list. I'm not sure how why I left this on here. It's a documentary. It's a movie, of course, but it's a documentary. It's about a true life thing where this guy was stuck uh, doing like deep sea diving in like the North Sea somewhere. And it was fantastic. Um, I tried to just keep non-documentary things on here, like fictional stories, more or less, because I watch a lot of documentaries, like a lot, a lot, a lot of them. And I didn't want to include them on this list because I feel like they're a little different than your standard movie. I don't know. I left it on this list. I definitely recommend it. The Last Breath is a truly, truly entertaining, interesting movie. Next one was House. This is an older movie, and it is batshit crazy. It is nutso, nutso movie. It's like Poltergeist times 10. It is just a wild ride. Then I saw Trick or Treats. This is basically another, you know, a Halloween kind of kind of ripoff kind of thing. It was whatever. Then we saw A Hole on the Ground. This had some interesting things about it. I believe this was an Irish movie. It's a mother and her son, and he goes out into the woods and discovers this, like, hole. And he comes back, and his mom's talking to him, and she starts to slowly realize that this kid is not acting like her son, kind of like a body snatcher thing going on. And she starts to figure out, like, there's no way this kid is acting like my my son. He's just not. Like, her son barely ate any food. This kid is pounding food. She's like, okay, maybe he's got his appetite, whatever. 
he didn't have any friends at school and the next day she takes him there and all of a sudden he's playing with all the kids and she's like wow you really changed overnight but the final thing is she has this she does this like little ritual thing with her kid like they do this like stupid little like kind of like song thing they do together and she goes to do it with him and he doesn't know it she's like you're not my kid who the hell are you you son of a bitch where's my kid and it comes to find out that she goes to this hole in the ground in the woods there and uh it is basically like these gross like creatures that live in the ground that steal you they like clone you kind of like the thing if they touch you they can pretty quickly like shapeshift into you and then they go up above ground and i guess they just sort of try to fake live out your life pretty cool idea not the best execution in this movie but i give it a recommend i thought it was a fun watch i've actually seen it twice the next movie we watched was mine and it's not mine like me it's mine as in like an ex- a bomb in the ground a mine that's going to explode it's a soldier movie about this dude who is uh basically steps on a mine and he thinks that if he lifts his leg he's going to blow up you know out somewhere in the middle east i forget exactly and it's a whole thing of him thinking about his life and this and that and a lot of backstory comes into it to fill in the gaps for the movie overall uh you know again i don't think this was anything necessarily that's going to you know alter how you view the world or anything groundbreaking like that but all in all it was a pretty interesting movie i felt that it was very strong at times very interesting and then it had a couple weak moments where you're like uh wow how do we get to this but overall i thought it was pretty decent actually um you know what? i should have put grades next to these movies maybe i'll do that for next year for 2020 when i every movie i watch put like my initial reaction grade next to it because that might help me because i forget forget some of these next one was creep show Stephen King things. Creepshow is awesome. A lot of fun. Creepshow 2. Creepshow 2 is also fun. Individual stories, uh, anthology kind of thing where they tell different stories within one collective movie. Excellent. Then we saw Christine, which is a John Carpenter classic adaptation. Love Christine. It was a really good movie. We saw Dolores Claiborne. Love that one as well. Gerald's Game, one of the newer Stephen King films, Pretty fucked up stuff goes on in Gerald's game. There's a desleeving of a hand. It's disgusting. Gerald's game has some famous actors and actresses in it. And I really liked it. It is a good movie. It is new. So if you're not into some of these 80s movies, you would definitely enjoy it. Saw Salem's Lot, which is one of Stephen King's classic old novels and movies, TV adaptation, I believe it was. Salem's Lot, definite pass. Not interested. The Mangler. This is a crazy freaking movie from Stephen King. This is, again, like I said, one of those ones that's it's not good. It's not good at all. But you like throw this on on like a Saturday, Sunday afternoon, have on in the background. You walk in, catch a few minutes. It's funny. Uh, the machine is huge, and it loves to eat people. It's got a mind of its own. It's a vicious son of a bitch. I like The Mangler. I don't know if I would exactly give this a recommend, but I like The Mangler because... I'm a sick person and I just enjoy watching uh, awful movies from time to time. And this, the mangler is, you know what? It's, 
it's almost so bad it's good. It's right around there. It's right around there. Then we watched The Crazies, the 1973 version, and The Crazies 2010. Ah, Pretty fun movies, entertaining for what they are. The next one up is New Year's Evil. I didn't remember this at all. Had to, again, watch the trailer, read the synopsis. So what? Who cares? Whatever. You totally pass over this one, and you will not have missed anything in your life. Uh, Forgetful movie. There's a terrible band that plays. There's a terrible actress. It's no good. The Last Tear. Campers in California's Redwood Forests match wits with a sadistic killer on their trail. So again, this is one of those standard uh, 1980s slasher films. I don't remember anything about this, so I guess we'll just move on. Solace. This is a movie, I believe, with Anthony Hopkins. And it's a you know murder mystery kind of drama. I don't remember much about that one either. The Corpse Grinders. This is, I believe, older. I don't know if this was 80s. It may have been 70s. I don't know for sure. Corpse Grinders is a pretty ridiculous movie. It's how it sounds. They're, like, chopping people up and selling the meat. And it is incredibly low budget. I mean, like, bottom dollar low budget. But, you know, I had fun watching this movie. Corpse Grinders is almost... I'm going to say it's so bad it was good. It was... It was definitely entertaining, even though it sucked and, you know, everything about it was bad and poor choices, everything across the board. Still, something strangely um, appealing about this movie in a very weird way. Next one is a newer movie. It's called I Am Mother. It's basically about this girl who has this artificial intelligence taking care of her in a, like, you know, future apocalypse, dystopian sort of environment. Uh, A few twists and turns. I thought it was an interesting movie overall. I like it. I like movies, again, where you're trapped somewhere and uh, you have to figure things out. So it was right up my alley in that regard. And the robot that you talk to, the AI intelligence, is very well done. So it definitely gets um, some praise for having that done very well in it. I'm always a fan of robots that are good. As opposed to Smash, who sucks. I watched Murder Mystery. I'm not sure how I got duped into watching this. Uh, Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, whatever. You know, forgettable movie. But again, there are a couple funny moments, of course, in those movies. If you notice on this list, there's not a lot of comedies. <laughs> Pretty much it, it's like uh, horror movies, sci-fi movies, <laughs> like uh, paranormal movies, things like that. That's more of what... Me and my wife's wheelhouse is, we like, we also like crime. There's a lot of crime TV shows on here that, you know, like I said, aren't listed because I didn't want to go over TV, you know, like Ozark and Mindhunters and other documentaries and shows, The Leftovers, HBO show, you know, good stuff. But again, I don't want to get into those. I'm just trying to stick to movies here. Murder Mystery is a... One of the more popular ones, I'm sure, on this entire list of movies. Um, But whatever. The Dark Half is another Stephen King movie. I did not enjoy that one. Uh, Parents is the next one. Parents is a 1989 mystery horror movie. And it is also, I will describe it, also batshit crazy. This movie is fucking nuts. It is so super weird and surreal. My wife and I looked at each other like the first 
like 20, 30 minutes movie. We're like, what the fuck is this? Like who comes up with this stuff? Cottage country. Cottage country is like a fun comedy. I didn't went into this movie expecting it to be really lousy, but I actually had a really good time. It was one of the probably better, funnier movies I watched in the entire year. Uh, this couple goes to this like lake house and they're going to get engaged. A guy's going to ask the girl to marry him. And then just absolute debacle debauchery happens and it's funny and people are getting killed and it's out of control, but the main actor and actress are really, really good in it. I really enjoy this movie. It's funny, but it's also got crazy, like horror type violence in it. I liked it. Definite recommend for cottage country society. Oh, whew. this movie shocked me. This movie shocked me. It's an older movie and had one of the more standout scenes of the entire year of movies I watched. It had a, a butthead scene in it. A literal butthead scene. The father of the one character like mutates and deforms into an actual butthead. He's is a butt and his face is in the butt. And that really stood out to me. I've never seen anything like that. In my notes here next to society, it actually says literal butthead scene. And I don't put notes really next to any of these other ones, but society, because it really stuck out to me. Society is a crazy movie. It You don't exactly know where it's going to go, and the last 20 minutes of that movie are wild and insane. My jaw dropped to the floor. If you have not seen Society, go check it out. If you have seen it, I think you know what I'm talking about. Those last few minutes, you're like, whoa, this is wild, weird stuff. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. I was texting Terrell. I was texting Derek. I'm like, have you guys ever seen Society? Because what the F is this? So Society is a definite recommend. Next movie was Brain Dead. This was a bit of a hard movie to follow from my recollection. Uh, I remember in the end not being all that impressed, so I'm not going to recommend it. The Langoliers. Langoliers, however you pronounce that. Stephen King TV movie. uh, Miniseries. You know what? The Langoliers, I talk about this again on the Stephen King Universe podcast that we did previous episode. Go back, check it out. That The first half of the Langoliers starts out really good. It's really solid. I mean, okay. The acting is abysmal, all that kind of stuff. Yes. But the premise is very interesting. I think if somebody redid this movie now and did it right, the Langoliers could be a really badass movie. It could be really cool has a really interesting premise. Like I said, I like the first half. And the second half is decent until the Langoliers show up. And then it's a train wreck. It dives headfirst down the toilet. It stinks the place up with diarrhea all over your face. It is terrible. Next movie was Ride the Bullet. And this is actually a funny story. I know I've mentioned the Stephen King Universe podcast episode like 10,000 times. Obviously, because I saw a lot of Stephen King movies this year. During that show, we talk about Ride the Bullet briefly, and Terrell talks about it. It has, um, oh, what is that guy's name? It has, what is his name? David Arquette. That's it. It has David Arquette in it. This movie stinks. It's He's a greaser in that movie. Oh, God. Terrible. Hate greasers. But anyway, Terrell talks about it, and Matt and I are like, no, we haven't seen it. No, I don't think so. And then at the end of that podcast, I talk about a few of the other Stephen King movies that I saw uh, before I had finished editing that episode. And 
I had seen Ride the Bullet before any of that. I had seen it. I had seen that movie, so I forgot to include it in the end, and I forgot to include it when I was talking to Terrell and Matt during the actual episode. But I have seen Ride the Bullet, and it was so unbelievably forgettable that I did not remember it either time. So I, there's nothing to talk about here. It stinks. Mommy Would Never Hurt You. This is a, another movie along the lines of Munchausen by Proxy. Again, hurting somebody in order to gain sympathy or some sort of attention. Uh, freaky stuff. Next one was Pet Cemetery, the 2019 version, because I had seen the old one before this year. And I actually, you know, I'm going to say this. I like the new Pet Cemetery as well. I think it has some cool little twists that are different from the original. I would say that the acting overall is much better than the original. The acting is, I think, pretty poor in the first one, even though it's a classic and I like it. Don't get me wrong. So, yeah, I think the Pet Cemetery 2019 was pretty good. Next one was Big Driver, and I believe this is a fairly new movie. 2014 drama, thriller, crime. While driving on a lonely stretch of road, a woman's tire blows out, relieved. Uh, when another driver offers help, she quickly finds out that her savior is her assailant. Uh, I remember this movie very little. <laughs> I really don't. I had to actually read the synopsis there to remember. I think I liked it. I think I liked it, even though I don't remember a lot of it. So I think I think I liked it. <laughs> Anna's Storm. What the hell are these movies? Next one is Anna's Storm. What the fuck is this? Anna's Storm is a TV movie, 2007, also known as Hell's Rain. Oh, this is about meteorites. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, this movie is is absolute junk. <laughs> but I love meteorites, so I had to watch it. Yeah, yeah, this is, oh, yeah, yeah, this is bad movie. Bad, bad, bad movie. Rosemary's Baby. You may say to yourself, what? This is so old. How could you not have seen it? I never seen it. I hadn't got around to it. I always wanted to, but I hadn't. And Rosemary's Baby is a slow burn for sure. Overall, it's all right. It's decent. I put it right in the middle of the pack. I wouldn't say it was excellent. I wouldn't say it was great either. You know, right in the middle there. Dear Mr. Gacy is a story. It's a movie about his true story about how this kid decided to become pen pals with John Gacy, the classic serial killer who dressed up like a clown he decided to become pen pals with him for a college project and they exchanged letters then it became phone calls they talk all the time and he lied to gacy saying he was like gay and things like that and a prostitute to get john wayne gacy to want to talk to him because john wayne gacy was you know a murdering like gay killer dude he was fucked up and he talked to him a lot and then they ended up meeting and things get really out of control I recommend you watch it, though. I'd actually read a book about it as well. And it's pretty fascinating how this kid was able to get into the mind of John Wayne Gacy, where there's a lot of people who couldn't. And this dude figured out a way to find out about the real John Wayne Gacy, because a lot of the cops and security guards and stuff, you know, at prison actually were like, he's a pretty cool dude. He's actually pretty nice. Well, yeah, sure, he could be a pretty cool, nice, everyday guy, except when he wanted to torture and kill men. So, you know, he was able to compartmentalize his life and hide that from most people, but he was a sick bastard, and this kid figured out a way to find that sick bastard in him. So I recommend Dear Mr. Gacy. 
Next movie is The Gate. This is an older film. This movie is pretty fun. It's pretty horrifying stuff. Uh, this kid opens this gate to this other world, sort of, and this like great little claymation monster comes out and attacks and kills people. And I like it. It's one of those ambitious films that you may not be aware of, like from back in the day where they had no special effects. They had no CG. So everything had to be real. Like I said, either claymation effects or animatronics. They had to make it real life stuff. You couldn't fake the stuff. And this movie was pretty ambitious for its time. And I enjoyed that movie about that little boy fighting those monsters Next, we saw La Llorona. This movie is awful. Dreadful stuff. This is pretty close to Slenderman level. Not as bad, but very disappointing. La Llorona is this interesting sort of like Hispanic story about like this crying woman who attacks you, basically. And I thought that's an interesting premise. A crying woman is a scary thing, right? Like in the shadows... You hear it, like, where's that coming from? You're like, you know, it's a scary idea. Just, and this movie shits all over it, and it's a debacle. I'm using that word a lot today. It, It is treason. It's treasonous. This movie stinks. I hated everything about it. So it sucks. Ultra hard pass. It is so cliche, this movie. They're like, every cliche, every jump scare, or, 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 or. We stink. We have no original ideas. We are garbage. We are losers. Terrible movie. Next was Butt Crack. And you may say to yourself, Butt Crack? What? What's this? This is a very low budget movie. Awful cinematography, awful lighting, awful music, awful acting, awful everything. But it is so bad that it is good. I had a lot of fun watching Butt Crack, uh, just watching miserable movie making. Everything about it is very poor, and I enjoyed it, so I'm going to give a recommend to Butt Crack. Next is Child's Play 2019, the newest Child's Play. I know some people were not a fan of this. My wife was not necessarily a fan. She she like liked it, but she didn't think it was all that great. I enjoy the new Child's Play. Call me crazy. I liked some of the new twists of upgrading Chucky so that he's kind of, um, you know, new age. He's... he's very technologically advanced. And I think you had to do that for this generation. My kids liked it, so I think it worked with for them. I liked it. Next one is Malevolent. What the fuck is Malevolent? I had to look that one up too. Malevolent, totally boring movie. That's a pass. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. This was another great like comedy slash horror movie. I was not expecting anything out of this. I put it on ex- fully expecting that maybe after like 10, 15 minutes, we were like, let's turn this garbage off. My wife and I, we were hooting. We were a hollering. We were laughing our asses off. This is a really funny movie. Like very well done. Very well acted. I really enjoyed myself. Tucker and Dale versus evil is a definite recommend. Then we saw in the tall grass, one of the newer Stephen King movies. And it is an interesting concept quite similar to maybe some other Stephen King things where there is some tall grass on the side of the road here, some abandoned type road, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. And you hear a voice calling out to you, little kid. You say, oh, what's that? Somebody's stuck in there. And they go in and they get trapped in the tall grass and they can't figure out a way out. And it ends up becoming this whole, like, spoiler alert here. If you're interested in seeing tall grass, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. 
in the tall grass, it's kind of like a time conundrum. There's like weird time shifting going on and people are trapped in different places, but you can't get to them. And then it's very confusing. And I really like that when a movie makes me think like, what the hell is going on here? Like, I don't understand. I like those kind of movies. I really do. So I, I like in tall grass, um, in the tall grass. I don't want to give away too much. Next one is 1408. Uh, this is the one where the guy believes that there is a hotel room that is haunted, or he doesn't think it's really haunted. He doesn't believe in ghosts, but he writes about, um, haunted places, the author, and he goes into it and crazy shit happens to him in the hotel room. It's indeed haunted. Uh, it's an okay movie. I'll just give it okay. Next, I saw it chapter two. This is the newest of the it franchise. The just came out. Uh, Stephen King, the newest It, I don't know. I was not a fan. I don't like either of the new It films. I like the TV miniseries because it's a classic. Is it pretty poor overall? It doesn't really hold up the original. No, it doesn't. But this new one doesn't either. I don't like the new Pennywise. That was my main problem with it. Uh, new It movies suck. So yeah, this new It, Chapter 2, no good, pass. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, another newer movie. Uh, a couple quality scenes in it. Overall, pass. Tommy Knockers, hard recommend. <laughs> uh, Tommy Knockers is... Uh, uh, I'm running out of adjectives for these movies, if you can't tell. Tommy Knockers is a mess. It's a mess, it's a mess, it's a mess. Um, and I loved it. It's so bad, it's good. Aladdin 2019. Obviously the newest one here. With um, Will Smith, it's whatever. I didn't think much of it. Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, again, I didn't think it was all that great. Of these Annabelle movies, I guess there's been three of them, I believe. The best one to me is the second one. I thought the first one stunk. Second one was pretty good. And I thought this third one was rather forgettable as well. The Stand. I had never seen this epic miniseries. And I actually thought it was pretty bad. So I... I'm going to say The Stand is a pass. Next up is Mercy. This is another Netflix movie, I believe. Totally forgettable. Uh, you know, whatever. An hour and a half of your time. And you're subtly entertained. Pass. Quicksilver Highway. This is a very weird, another anthology-type uh, story um, by Stephen King. I enjoyed Quicksilver Highway. I liked it. Then I saw Cat's Eye. Ooh, this movie was so hard for me to get my hands on. I loved Cat's Eye. Cat's Eye gets a super recommend for me. The next one is Idle Hands. This is, a, I believe it's a 90s movie, 1999. My wife really hardcore recommended this one. Basically, this kid loses control of his hand, and it's making him do outrageous stuff. He's killing people. It's a funny movie. It's... Very stupid. It was. It kind of almost reminded me of like a Bill and Ted's kind of thing, or any of those like really kind of generic '90s comedies, you know, or like people like uh, people are smoking weed and <clears throat> Seth Green in it. It's very silly. It's very dumb, but it was pretty enjoyable overall. Fractured. Uh, starring the Avatar dude. I forget his name. What, um, whatever his name is. You know who he is, the Avatar guy. And it's a pretty good movie. It's a psychological thriller. Uh, there's a huge twist in the end, but it is essentially this guy checks into a, a hospital after an accident with his kids, his kid, and 
uh, his wife and his kid disappear after the accident. Um, not a car accident, but something else. And he can't find him. He's trying to figure out where the hell did they go in this hospital, right? Like, I know they were here. And I like that stuff. It's one of those movies, again, where you're like, what the hell's going on here? And there's a big twist in the end. I won't give it away. But Fractured, pretty decent. Pretty decent. 47 meters down. Uh, this is the second one. I don't even know what it's called. But this movie sucks. Bad Match is uh, another stupid movie. You can skip that. Bad Ben 7, awesome. Another Bad Ben movie, so good. He comes out with like a few a year. They're excellent. This next one here is Time Trap. A group of younger people go into like a cave and they kind of get stuck down there and there's these weird flashes going on overhead. They can see out of the cave, but they can't get up there. It's like this weird flash, almost like a like a strobe light effect. And they're like, what's going on here? And they finally get somebody up there and all sorts of crazy stuff is going on up there. And I don't want to give away too much, but you find out that time is behaving strangely. And the reason why it's called Time Warp, the movie, or Time Trap. It could be called Time Warp, really. Time Trap. I like this movie. I like this movie. Again, it was suspect. It had some few little plot holes and some bad acting here and there. But I really liked the idea. Ah, see me? I love when people are trapped somewhere and there's weird stuff going on with time. Like In Tall Grass, this movie. Oh, my God. So I like Time Trap. Next is Eli or Ely, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm stupid, whatever. Island Zero is a pretty low-budget movie about these people who get trapped on this island. Uh, yeah, I don't remember a whole lot about it i don't think it was the greatest movie experience so we'll probably pass on that next one is pet this is an interesting film it's starring the dude oh did you hear that for it starring the dude from lost charlie on lost and he's in he's in the newest star wars movie um he's also mary from lord of the rings i'm forgetting his name which is a terrible insult he's a great actor and it's a crazy movie where, spoiler alert on this one, for sure, if you don't want to know, if you want to watch Pet, skip ahead. Uh, he's following this girl, and he's stalking the shit out of her, like hardcore stalking. And you're like, this dude is a scumbag. And he ends up kidnapping her and putting her in this cage. When the movie's called Pet, he wants her to be his pet. And there is a massive, massive twist in this movie. I don't want to give it away. I'm not going to do it, but it is a huge twist. And I, I liked Pet. I liked Pet. It was very low budget. And um, and I liked it. Most of the movie was stuck in one location, so I like that kind of stuff. We saw Black Christmas, which is one of the original slasher movies. We thought we'd go back to one of the very, very first ones. This is pre-Halloween. And uh, it seemed actually really generic for being one of the first, like the first one. Uh, I don't even really remember it all that much, to be honest with you. I hate to say it, but I kind of don't. Next, we saw Waxwork. And this is, again, another pretty ambitious movie where they go into this uh, wax museum and basically they keep getting stuck into all the situations that they see, like the the figures. They get, like, if it's like a Dracula or something, they get stuck into, like, a real-life Dracula situation. They get, like, transported and they have to survive. I actually, you know, it's fairly ridiculous and i i overall enjoyed it next up was the movie called something uh, another stalker type movie uh, didn't have a lasting impact on me next one was stalking another stalker movie stalking laura i can make you love me i really like this one 
This again stars that one actor dude from the It miniseries. And it's actually kind of, this one is also based on a true story about this guy who basically falls in love with a coworker. He's totally obsessed with her and he's obsessed with her to a very unhealthy level and he gets himself fired from his job and a bunch of other stuff because he just can't leave this woman alone. He just can't do it and she's not interested. And basically he goes nuts and he goes to his work and starts shooting everybody who he used to work with and he shoots her. She doesn't die though uh, because he wants to prove to her that he really loves her. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So this is a movie that I think is fairly relevant with today's culture, with people, mass killings and people shooting up people at work and stalking is a big thing and, you know, all that stuff. So I thought this was a fairly interesting movie and it was, I think it might have been made for TV as well, but I liked it. Stalking Laura, cool movie. Next one was Life. This is a sci-fi movie about this little organism that they get from Mars and it like mutates and starts effing stuff up. And this movie was tried really, really, really hard to be like, I don't know, like, like a sci-fi horror. And it is, It's like it wants to be like a bunch of different things. I thought this movie kind of confused itself. Overall, though, I'm going to give it a pass. You know, it just didn't do it for me. Next one I have on my list is Bloodlines. I don't remember this at all. I have no recollection. I even looked it up and I don't remember it. So that could not have had a big impact on me. Next one is A Model Daughter, The Killing of Caroline Brynn. And similar to the Stalking Laura movie, this is a movie made about a true life killing murderer event. I really like this one. You know what? I Call me crazy. I had a lot of fun watching it. I think this was another TV made movie. I liked it. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I think it was Australian. It was Australian people. Australian story. Uh, next up, we got a Christmas movie, Prancer. I had never seen this before. This is, I believe, from the 80s. And this is one of my wife's favorite Christmas movies. Never heard of it. I never ever heard of this movie before. And it was on one of the streaming services. And she was like, Prancer, we have to watch it. So we did. And I got to say, it's a pretty slow movie. Pretty, pretty slow. I think they could remake this movie nowadays and it would be a holiday classic if someone did it the right way. This one fell flat a little bit. Uh, Kind of a feel-good story. I hope my wife doesn't hear this, though. I'd probably pass on this one. Next one is a 2019 movie called Holiday Hell. Definite recommend. This is a crazy killer movie. A guy dressed in a, co- in a Santa costume who's just a drunk, and he's just fucking had it. He's had it with this world. And when he drinks, he is one bad SOB, and he goes just ape shit on everybody. Next one I watched with my little daughter. It's called Abdominal. This is about like the abdominal snowman. The ab- abdominal. The abdominal. The abdominal snowman. You know what I'm talking about. He's like a Yeti. Not your abdomen. I can't say it right. Who knows? Anyway, it's about like a Yeti. I really liked it. I thought it was a good movie. I like movies about Yetis, even if it's a kid's animated movie. I did. Next one is called Amy, which is just A-M-I. 
this is a fairly new movie, kind of low budget about a girl who basically her mother had died and there's a, a cell phone that somehow can recreate your somebody's voice to try to match it and it learns from you and talks to you and uh, it's kind of like an AI thingy and basically this girl goes nuts thinking this thing is her mother and it turns her against people and she starts killing people. Overall, it's a pretty forgettable film. I'd give it a pass. Oh, Voyeur. Next one is Voyeur and this is, again, uh, kind of a documentary movie. I'm not sure this really makes the cut in my list here. I'm not sure this should be in there. It's about um, a dude who basically would watch people. He had a hotel, and he would watch them from up above, which is super creepy and illegal and definitely a crime. I don't know how he's not in jail for this. But he would peeping Tom and watch people in their rooms have sex, watch TV, whatever. He's a sick dude, and he wrote down statistics of how many times he saw sex and this and that, and he thought of it as like an experiment. I think of it as you should be in jail because you're a sick person. And I don't like that, but it's more of a documentary, I suppose. The next movie was called Patient 7. Patient 7 is this homeboy is his homeboy. He's a doctor in a mental hospital, and he's interviewing all these people who have very severe problems. And when he's interrogating them, it sort of has a flashback and shows their story. And this guy has no sympathy for anybody. He thinks everybody is exactly where they belong in this mental hospital. He fucking hates them. And he's real mean to them and he tortures them and stuff. And you come to find out at the end, I don't care if there's no spoiler warning here, you come to find out at the end that he's actually also a patient and he had killed his doctor and he's pretending to be the doctor. So, you know, I think you could have seen that one coming because he interrogates six patients but the movie's called patient seven so who's the last one that's him and then we get to the final movie that i saw this year and i saw this just one day before the end of the year star wars rise of skywalker now i'm not going to go too in depth about star wars movies here but i'm going to say that i give this movie a recommend i really enjoyed this movie is there a couple plot holes? Is there a couple things that might not make sense in the Star Wars universe, the Star Wars story? Of course. I think every Star Wars movie has some glaring mistakes if you really think about it. But you know what? Star Wars is fun. There's a lot more fun moments in this movie than there is bad. And there's certainly some very emotional parts because this is the third part of the newest trilogy. So they got to tie up some loose ends. They got to wrap things up. I thought they did a very good job of it. There were a few twists and turns that blew my socks off. I was very entertained. The action was incredible. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, it's, I, I, don't, I give every Star Wars movie a recommend. But this one I thought was one of the better ones I've seen in quite a while. So definite hard recommend. Really enjoyed it. And that was my movie list of 2019. Those are all the movies I've seen in this what this podcast will call what the first annual movie showcase or whatever we decided to call it earlier in the show. I already forget. I'll have to go back and edit and remember. Now, whatever I decided to call it, that was all the movies that I'd seen for the very first time this year. So I will go out on a limb here and say that the worst movies that I saw were La Llorona and Slenderman. Hated those two movies. Some of the better films that I watched over the year were Bird Box, 
The Autopsy of Jane Doe, Thinner, The Mist, Chopping Mall, Blood Rage, Funland, Firestarter, Cottage Country, Society, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, In the Tall Grass, Cat's Eye, and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Those were my favorites. So check them out if you can. If you have any questions or comments about this list, you agree, disagree, I spoiled the movie for you and you're pissed off about it, that's all fine and good. Love to hear from you guys. Send me an email at philinterrupted at gmail.com. That is how you can reach me, guys. The show is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere. You can find it. Spread the word. I'd love for other people to hear the show, whether they agree with my list here or not. And I will begin working on a new list of movies that I will post next year, at the end of next year. So this will be start working on my 2020 movies. So if you have any recommendations for me, things you'd like me to see that I've never seen before, send me an email. Again, they're at philinterrupted at gmail.com. And I'd love to take a recommendation from you and watch it so it can be on my official watch list for 2020. Well, guys, I think that is going to do it here. We're making moves here on Phil Interrupted, and we will catch you next time. Peace out! It's greasers, man. Stupid greasers. Like, greaser ghosts. There's nothing stupider than a greaser ghost. Like, they're already dumb to begin with. Oh, how do you say, buddy? I hate greasers. Don't tell me what I can't do!